David, Mike, seeing a little bit. <laughs> I got, I gotta roll into something. David, Mike, how you doing? <laughs> All right, you're fired, no. Mike. You go. <laughs> All right, here, I'll take it. Wow, David and Mike, look, look what the market's been doing recently. My name's Matt. <laughs> You said Mike. <laughs> okay, take number 12. Here we go. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Matt and David, we're here at episode 61, and wow, what is going on in the market? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. We're seeing a lot of volatility with, uh, you know, the inflation concerns have been hitting the market lately, as well as the concerns about this new Delta variant. As of the time we're recording this, the Dow's down about 900 points, which is about 2.5%. And uh, just keep in mind that you know, a 900-point drop in the Dow, if the Dow is at, say, 34,000, is not nearly as meaningful as what a 900-point drop was back when the Dow was at 18,000. So for people who've been watching the market for a long time and you hear about a 900-point drop, that might seem like a big thing. And it, it, it's not a small thing, but it's not nearly as meaningful as it was, you know, years ago. And one thing to keep in mind, too, is how, how – uh, common market corrections are, you know, yeah. five or ten percent drawdown really isn't something that should um, make you even make like, you even question, think like, twice. Well, yeah. do I need to do anything? I mean, it, it happens every like eighteen months. I yeah. think the market drops ten percent, yeah. or I'm, you know, might be off my timing there, but it's extremely common. So and it's healthy, too. exactly. It's healthy for a market to do this. Um, in fact, there's a there's an article I was reading this morning by Bill Ackman. He's the guy that kind of called the big market crash last year. He shorted the market yeah. in a big way last March. And he's saying, hey, this is no big deal. In fact, he, th- he thinks there's going to be a major market boom in the fall. So this is nothing to to get uh, get concerned about, at least not at this point, in my opinion. So just kind of just kind of the, way, the wave you ride in the market. The good news is things are on sale. That's right. All <laughs> That's right. right. All right. Let's, let's get to our topic today. So we're talking about 401ks. If you have a 401k, should you, when you leave that job, you retire, should you roll it to a IRA? If you leave that job and go to a new employer, should you take your old 401k and roll it into the new 401k? Or should you roll it out to an IRA? Well, we're going to go over the pros and cons of each of those today. Okay, you ready to jump off here? Y'all ready to go? Let's Absolutely. go. Let's go. Okay, here we go. So, a couple of options. You really only have about four options when you do this. We're assuming you're leaving an employer. One way or the other, they let you go, you decide to leave, found a new job, something. Okay, you got four options. One, you can leave your funds right there where they are. If you have a 401k and an employer and you leave it, you can leave them there if you like. We probably wouldn't recommend that, but that's option one. Number two, you can roll those funds into the new employer's 401k, assuming they have one. That's option two. Number three, you can roll those funds over to an IRA, Individual Retirement Arrangement. 
And number four, the one we least would prefer, is you can just cash it out, take the money, and then you owe a boatload of tax. So we don't recommend that. So let's start with the first one. Okay, Matt, David, what are the pros of leaving the funds at the employer's plan? You just left the employer, now you're just going to leave them over there. Why would you do that? Yeah, I mean, it's the number one, it's the easiest thing to do, right? There's no steps required, really, to just leave everything put. So that's, um, you know, if you've got a lot going on, a lot to keep up with, that might be the last thing you want to deal with. So that's that's kind of the first and most um, obvious reason why you might not want to do something. Um, and another thing, too, is that depending on your investment approach, depending on what you're wanting to do and how you're wanting to invest, if you're just wanting to keep things very simple, index funds, passive investing, 401k is probably going to be one of, if not the cheapest way to do that, right? You're not working with an advisor. You're not paying an advisor. You're not paying maybe additional fund fees. Your 401ks potentially lowered fee. You know, 401ks used to be notorious for really high fees. That was There was like fees on tops of fees on tops of fees. And the industry, I think, has done a good job in, in getting away from that because those were just unnecessary. So now... With the passive approach that 401ks are often taking from an investing standpoint, it can be a very affordable thing to just you know keep your 401k there. It's easy, it can be cheap, um, but obviously there's there's cons associated with that as well. Matt, there are other reasons that you might want to be, and one of them is legal protection. Um, uh, 401k, if you get sued, you, they can't touch your 401k, but if you get sued, you could touch your IRA. So there is a one more, uh, and yes, legal protection, leaving it there. How about any reasons not to leave it in the prior employer's plan, David? Well, uh, number one, if you start to build up, especially if you change jobs frequently, like we see here in Northwest Arkansas with having lots of vendors or, or whatever they're called these days, to suppliers to Walmart, um, it's fairly easy to job hop around from uh, supplier to supplier. And then if you don't roll those 401ks along with you, you end up having all these accounts spread all over the place and it can become difficult to, to stay on top of all these different accounts and what they're doing. Some people call those orphan 401ks. Yeah, orphan 401ks. That's a good word for them. Um, another one is the big one that I always focus on is just limited options. The way I always describe it to people is when you're in a 401k, with the vast majority of 401ks, you've got a menu of investment options that you can choose from. And this is not Burger King. You cannot have it your way. You <laughs> cannot go off the menu. So you you have to choose from whatever is on that menu. So for example, you for those of you who've listened to the podcast a lot, you know that a lot of what we do here at Mach 1 is downside protection. We talk about hedging a lot. Um, I've never seen a 401k yet that not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm just saying I've never seen one yet that allows you a hedged option within your 401k. So uh, you've got more limited investment options inside the 401k typically than you have outside your 401k. So um, another con would be potentially higher fees. Again, depending on the plan, if you work for a really large employer, Walmart's a great example of this one. Frankly, your, your fees in a Walmart 401k plan are probably about as low as, as, low as you're going to find anywhere because they're I think they're the large, nation's largest employer still. So you've got you've got low fees there, but not all plans are are that way. So you might have um, you might actually have higher fees inside your 401k than you would have outside your 401k by rolling it over to an IRA. And then um, another con would just be communication issues. You know, if you leave your leave your 401k with that plan, 
let's say it's Vanguard or Fidelity, to get service on that plan, you're typically either going to have to do it yourself going online, or if you want to talk to somebody, you're going to be, you know, going through a computer menu. You can't sit down like you can here with Mach 1 or a local advisor and sit down face-to-face, eye-to-eye, and discuss, you know, planning issues surrounding what you should do. Yeah, one of the things on fees too, Mike, on the that can be higher, can be lower, is just the lack of transparency in a 401k with the fees. It can be really hard to even yes. figure out what you That's are paying because we've looked at. I mean, we have the ability to set up 401k plans for companies, and we've looked at that. You know, at times if it makes sense for somebody, but you can you can hide fees in a 401k pretty easily yes. as an advisor or as an institution. Um, so. That's just something to be aware of. Like what you see on your statement is like the $25 a month administrative fee. I promise you it's not the not only associated that's fee. Right. So that's right. So just something to be aware of. Good point. Very good point, man. Okay. So I could leave them at my old employer. Now I'm at a new employer and they've got a 401k. So why should I roll it into my new employer's 401k plan. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, a couple options, like David said earlier, you don't want to have a bunch of orphan accounts out there, so you can kind of keep them consolidated by just moving it into your new employer's 401k. Um, You know, depending on how old you are and what your retirement plans are, the rule, what they call the rule of 55, might come into play, so that allows you to start taking distributions from a 401k a little earlier than you could, um, maybe with another option like an IRA. Um, you have loan options. So this is something we typically recommend people try to stay away from unless it's an emergency or just a very unique situation. But most people, most plans offer you the ability to borrow against your 401k. So that gives you, if you don't have, you know, access to capital elsewhere, that gives you, maybe leaves one more option on the table there. Um, then we've kind of had the fee conversation, you know, depending on who your new plan is worth might have better or worse fee situation so something you want to look at yeah, that rule of 55 is interesting because uh, most of you know that you can't get money out of a 401k or ira until you're 59 and a half unless you want to pay a fee but if you retire while you're working for an employer plan and you're 55 you can actually start taking distributions without paying that fee uh, we have an option for that too for an ira david yeah there there's another way you can do that same thing mike in a in an IRA that's called a 72T distribution, what it, what it requires you to do is take out what the IRS calls substantially equal periodic payments out of it. So essentially it's a life expectancy calculation and there's a there's some online formulas that you can use to figure out, well, based on the size of my 401k, if I'm say 55 years old and I wanna retire and I don't have any other sources to draw from to satisfy my income needs besides my 401k or IRA if I've rolled it over. I can do a 72T on the IRA and start taking penalty-free distributions even though I'm not 59 and a half yet. So there's a way to essentially do the same thing outside of 401k as inside of 401k via the 72T. So we talked about the pros of rolling to the new employer's plan. So what are some potential cons to roll into the new employer's plan, David? Well, you might have, we, some of this might be a little bit repetitive, but we've got potentially higher fees, right? We talked about that already. Depending on the, the plan, it's important for you to um, look thoroughly at the plan to try to ascertain or get an advisor like us to help you ascertain all of the fees. And I mean all of the fees, the third-party administrator fees, the, the internal expense ratios of each of the various fund options that you have to invest in because it's possible that it could be more expensive to have 
to roll that into your new plan versus leave it where it was or roll it to an IRA. Also, another con, we kind of talked about this earlier, is you're the you want to make sure that you understand what the investment menu is with the new plan because it could be more limited than the old plan so you want to make sure you've got good investment options inside that new plan yeah and one thing to keep in mind with the 401k david you kind of referred to this earlier is the only really option for diversification is traditional fixed income and stocks right and so we've we've had conversations on other podcasts probably do something here in the near future on our outlook on the fixed income market over the next 10 years. And that's a really tough, um, you know, investment to support right now, just from where interest rates are at, the volatility that can very much be inside the bond, you know, fixed income market. And so if your only way to to diversify away from stocks is into traditional fixed income funds inside your 401k, you're very limited because you're taking money, putting it somewhere that you don't feel very good about necessarily into a fixed income fund but you're, you're forced to because you also can't afford to necessarily have 100% set yeah. there in a stock fund either. And so you're just very kind of handcuffed in where I think in today's market, maybe potentially more so than ever, alternatives, hedging, you know, more unique investment options are becoming more and more valuable. And typically those, those more and more valuable investment options that you just described, hedging options, are only available outside the 401k, right. which is why we most often recommend someone when they when they can roll over they should roll over well and to tag on to that uh, we had a client in recently that was in a fixed income a bond fund inside of a 401k they thought their money was quote safe and it was back in june when this happened they were a net minus four percent on that fund and they thought it was a safe fund and and the market has been going up and they actually lost um, and I have an, another client that's pretty much decided, you know what, the market's too high. I'm going to cash, and they're sitting in cash. And so inflation's eating them up, but they're afraid to get back in because they think the market is doing like it's doing today. It could go down. Right. And, and they're kind of a stuck in a catch-22 at this point. So very good point. Okay. So we talked about leaving at the employer's plan. We talked about roll it to the new employer's plan. And we said also another option is cash out. We're not going to talk about that one because that's a terrible option. The other option, roll it over to an IRA, Individual Retirement Arrangement. Okay, David, you get the pros on this one. Okay. What, what are? The, why would someone want to do that? So rolling it over to an IRA, rolling your 401k from, from a 401k to an IRA is like having the entire world of restaurants and 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 various menus or not even a not even a menu you've got it's like you can go grocery shopping and you can make your own thing so you've got an unlimited uh set of investment options available to you which gives you which also translates to more control more choices also translates to more control which a lot of people want and potential for lower fees as we've discussed um the uh, 72t which we discussed earlier a way to um take money out of an IRA prior to the age of 59 and a half without a penalty. All those are, are, you know, pros. Also one big one, which we may talk about more here in a moment is the option to be able to do Roth conversions. Once you roll into an IRA, you can convert to a, uh, a Roth IRA. So, uh, and then potential for better financial advice because your advisor your advisor is going to be able to to give you better advice on that if he's got the, he or she has the an unlimited menu of investment options to choose from whereas if 
you know, if, if you leave it in the 401k, the best your advisor can do is just simply say, well, I think that's the, within your limited menu of options, that's probably the best or cheapest fund you can choose from. And that's about it. And like you mentioned earlier, I think you or Matt said that most of the 401ks don't offer anything that has hedging to it, downside protection. That's right. Okay. Matt, why should I not do that? Well, uh, one thing to keep in mind, too, is just because, you know, rolling over to an IRA, you kind of have that's, – that's the first option you have to think about and make a decision, right? Do I leave it in the 401K or, or, or forgive me, if rolling into an IRA? Make that decision. The second decision is then – now do I work with a professional, right? Because technically you could roll it over to an IRA and manage it yourself. And like David was saying, the potential for lower fees rolling into an IRA. If you're managing it yourself, you might have literally zero Zero, fees. yeah. I mean, you might not be paying anybody anything, which which can be great if depending on what you're doing. But most people are at the time where, you know, it's just like a lot of people when they're younger, they're um, very early on in life, they're doing their own taxes, right? Doing it on TurboTax. And then they get to a point where it's like, okay, it's – it's time to hire a professional to help me with that. That's where a lot of people are at when they're looking at rolling over their 401k. It's not only do I put need to move this to an IRA, but who do I need to go work with and who do I need to find to help me manage that IRA? So That's a great point. All of that said, you know, when you're hiring a professional, it's not you're not doing that hoping to pay l- lower fees, right? You're going to be paying some advisor to help you manage that, but you're going to be doing so because they're going to be able to offer you the better strategies, professional advice, professional management, all of the value they're going to provide you in so many other ways, you're going to believe, most people believe, more than offsets the fees that you might be paying that. So the the just wanted to kind of explain all of that of, you know, there are different options in terms of just moving it into an IRA and then where you go from with it from there. That, you know, the distribution ages that we've talked about, 401Ks versus IRAs, you have the 72T versus um, – so you have the 59 and a half with an IRA or 55 with a 401k, but we we talked about the ways you can kind of get around that in a compliant, legal and compliant way. Um, and you don't have a loan option with an IRA, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, that that option is typically, well, not typically, that option is no longer on the table. And Dave, there's also this thing for people that have highly appreciated stock inside their 401k, and they decide to roll that over to an IRA. This thing called a net unrealized appreciation. What yeah, is this that? is something that a lot of people don't don't know about. So net unrealized appreciation, like you said, Mike, that's if you've got, we'll just use Walmart since they're our local biggest employer. Let's say you've worked for them for a long time. You're retiring or you are decided you're going to roll over your 401k. And let's say a big chunk of your 401k is invested in Walmart stock. So if you've got a 401k and the and you have um, stock in your employer's stock within your 401k, you can um, take advantage of what's called net unrealized appreciation. So let's say that your cost basis is really low on that stock. So let's let's just use an example. Let's say $100,000 within your total 401k balance is in Walmart stock using our example. And let's say your average cost basis on that is 50000 So you've got a $50,000 capital gain. If you, if you cash that stock in and just go to cash and then roll it all over, you've, you've kind of eliminated any ability to, use, to capture that net unrealized appreciation. However, the little known thing is you can 
transfer that stock into a non-qualified and non-IRA account as part of your rollover. So if you had a million dollar rollover and 100,000 of it was Walmart stock, you roll over the 900,000 in cash, just like a normal rollover, quote unquote. The 100,000 though, technically gets transferred, not rolled over into a non-qualified account. That cost basis information that I just described tra transfers with the net unrealized appreciation, the, the stock account. And so now you've got $100,000 in Walmart stock held in a non-qualified account, and it's got a $50,000 cost basis on it. So when you start to draw money out of that, you would pay taxes at a long-term capital gain tax rate, which currently is 15%. Whereas if that had just been kind of rolled into the rest of your rollover, you'd be paying tax at an ordinary income rate on all of it, which could be more than 15%. So, um, so this, this net unrealized appreciation thing is, is applicable if you've got a low cost basis that's a significant portion of your 401k and you think your, uh, your tax bracket is going to have you in a, in a bracket that's higher than approximately 15%. If all those are true, then that's something that you want to have a that's something that you want to discuss with your advisor or whoever you're working with before you can contemplate doing a 401k rollover wow that's that's great news for the folks around here that you know with their companies for a long period of time have large stock positions and that's something they need to take advantage of to save on some taxes okay guys let's put a bow on this so we got you're moving from an employer you're going to a new employer and we've given you the pros and cons of the different options. So, Matt, you want to kind of put a bow on this and kind of give us a summary? Yeah, absolutely. As always, before you're making any kind of big decision, but especially a financial decision, just do your homework. You know, there's a lot of resources at your disposal nowadays. Get online, talk to an advisor, talk to friends, family, um, and, and just do your homework. Get educated before you make a decision. Um, you know again on doing your homework dig into your options and what your have a plan i guess is what what your next steps are what the fees are going to be associated with that you know what's your if what's your investment strategy moving forward who you're going to be working with tax planning um just just have a plan look at the big picture it's not it doesn't need to be as simple as just um hey, I, I, I want to move this to an IRA or I don't. You need to know kind of why and what the long-term picture and the plan is before you just make that decision. That's great advice, man. You got to have a plan. You got to be intentional. Uh, don't just leave it there at the old company just because you're easy. It might not be the right thing for you. So do your homework. And if you need help, you want to talk to someone, you can give a fiduciary financial advisor a phone call like us here at Mach 1, and we'll be happy to go over that information with you and then give you some good advice on what may be the right thing for you to do moving forward. If you'd like to submit a question here to the Mach 1 Market Moment, Erica here is going to explain to you exactly how you'd go about doing that. Erica, share with them. You can submit any questions that you have on our website under the podcast section, or you can email podcast at mock-1financial.com. Thank and, you, and Erica. I would, I would like to interject here. Next week's podcast is going to be with Jay Pestricelli. And to tag onto that, David, you and Jay rang the bell at the New York Stock Exchange last week. And so Jay's going to be with us here and recording a podcast. So, yeah, Jay runs Zega Financial. He's a brilliant mind. So thank you, Erica, for producing the show. You do all behind-the-scenes work that make us look good here on this podcast. Okay, our thought for the day. 
earn as much as you can, save as much as you can, invest as much as you can, and then give as much as you can. Well, that's it for today. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. We look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com disclosures.